everyone and welcome back to another year of the Fantasy Footy Brains podcast. I'm Charlotte and I'm here with Daniel with a brand new studio, brand new podcast equipment. Brand new, yeah, brand but new studio. The budget has gone up significantly. <laughs> what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, I think we'll start pretty basic, you know, the rule changes that have come through for the, the start of this season and just look at the effect of that some, on some of the players because pretty significant changes actually. Some big rule changes, yeah. some big points changes. Yeah, anyway, I'll let you go through them. Yeah, so um, for the 2022 NRL season, um, fantasy has been updated. So the salary cap has been reduced to 9.4 million, um, which is in line with the real life yeah, salary exactly cap. Yeah, the current salary cap for yep. all teams. Um, the total trades have been adjusted, so they've been increased by two to 36 trades, with a maximum of 32 to the end of round 19, and another four that are allowed from round 20. Yeah, that's kind of a... I, I don't mind that. It's kind of a quality of life one, so you don't use all your trades. Which is a problem <laughs> the you guys were having. Yeah, exactly. I was amazing. I saved so many trades for the last few weeks. I yeah. was crushing everyone. End of last season too was, many Yeah, it was so rough, the end of last season. I know Lockie was really struggling to get, you know, 17 on the park in the last couple of rounds, and I had a few injuries that really set me back. But, yeah, it's, it's just little touch-ups like that that kind of help your team, I guess, yeah. towards the back end of the season. Exactly. Um... So along with that as well, there's a weekly trade maximum is now four from round 13 onwards. Yeah, I guess that's to kind of cover the origin period. Another quality of life one, because when you get to that period and some players get injured during origin, you don't want to be stuck with two trades and you've had like three or four injuries or something like that. Yeah. It kind of leaves you a bit shortchanged. You end up just losing no matter what. You can't yeah, especially when like it. three or four of your guns go down or at least you're starting 17. That means you've got to bring in, you can only bring in two players and you've just got like some, there was a, a point where you had Pappenhausen on the sideline and he was like taking up about seven, 800k in cap and you just couldn't get him out of your squad. But anyway, there's a lot of players like yep. that that it's just going to be a, a bit nicer to have a rule like that in place. Definitely. So we'll go through now the point scoring adjustments. So the six again infringements, so ruck infringements and inside 10 infringements are now minus one point. Uh, escape from in goal is two points. Kick meter points, the total is divided by 30 and then rounded down which is a change from last year where it was 20. Yeah, outrageous so, kick meters for some Yeah, it's definitely going to reduce some of those points there. So tackle busts are now two points, which is reduced by one. But offloads are split to hand for four points and to ground for two points. Yeah, some of these ones are absolutely enormous. I'm Okay, so the just to go through them, just to start on the... I guess the ruck infringements for inside... Um, I mean, sorry, the six again with ruck infringements inside the 10 makes complete sense, right? There was, yeah. There's no penalties going on. You've got to penalize them somehow. And especially in fantasy, they were just giving away. I think there was some stages where you'd give away three or four um, six agains and there's no penalty against that for players. So it makes sense to put that kind of stat in yeah, fantasy. Definitely. Um, negative one though. I mean, it's not, it's not a huge deduction, but there are some middle forwards that are really, you know, guilty of giving away a lot. Mm-hmm. Like your middle forwards, I know Nathan Brown was a bit of a fiend for it. Um, <laughs> Victor Radley as well had a few when he was on the pitch. Um, <laughs> there's a few players, you know, those middle forwards and those edge forwards, they'll, they'll give away a few and they'll lose some points there. So just keep an eye on that. Um, yeah, you don't want that escalating too much. And the escape from in goal, I had a look at the stats on this. There really isn't that many. I think the Cowboys had the most escapes from the in goal last year and they only had eight in the whole okay. season. So it's like, it's you get two points for it for a game. You, a player might get two points, but it's not happening regularly enough that it's going to impact a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Like, you There's, might get a couple of points here and there, but it's it's more of a, a, a nice to have, yeah. I guess. And that is 16 points the Cowboy players do need. <laughs> <laughs> they Their prices are very low this year. I, yeah. It must have been there's, bargain. <laughs> there's, it's like the Bulldogs last year. There's some value there, but 
I have no idea where the value is at the moment. I was going through it and I had, didn't I only had like 500k left um, for my like fantasy classic team, and I could get pretty much the entirety of, of the, the Cowboys, Cowboys team. That makes still. that makes yeah. um, complete sense. Yes, yeah. understandable. Yeah. Uh, looking like they're going to be you know around the uh, 15th, 16th mark yeah, in the definitely. in the ladder this year. Sorry about that, Tom. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Burma. Yeah. Um, anyway, looking at a couple of these other ones, the kick meters one divided by 30 now. It's, it's really going to hurt some halves. So, you know, Cleary obvious is the obvious one. He gets a lot of kick meters and a lot of base stats every game in that department. Same with, you know, your Mitch Moseses, your Jerome Hughes, you know, your big kickers, um, DCE as well. Um, they're going to really suffer from that because a lot of base stats came from those kick meters. You know, they were getting four or 500 kick meters a game, an easy 25 points, but that's going to, you know, get dropped down to around the 17, 18 marks. So you're losing yeah. effectively six to seven points a game if you're yeah. a half and you're the main kicker. So it's a big, big change for kick meters. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's going to hurt a lot of halves, but we'll get to that um, a bit later, exactly how many points it'll, it'll hurt some halves um, compared to others. And then the other big one is the offloads. Yeah, offloads. Um, this is an interesting one. So all offloads were given, were given two points each yeah. last year. So changing that to effective and ineffective or to hand and to ground, which is yeah. basically the way they were recording to hand and to ground is effective and ineffective yeah. offloads. Um, the effective offloads are quite high. So the to hand ones generally make up around 80 to 90% of the offloads per player. Roughly, it depends on some of them. You obviously just throw it out anywhere, but most offloads generally go to hand. So if you adjust some of the stats, there's definitely some benefits for some players. Like your big offload is like TPJ. He's going to go insane most likely this year and obviously for other players it's not going to be a huge factor but we'll have a look at that in a bit more depth as well um and then the other one was the tackle busts i think just in insane for some players getting three points a tackle bus especially when you're getting up to you know 10 to 15 tackle busts a game that is like doubling their score essentially especially Mm -hmm. when you're looking at your you know your big tackle busting players like your fafitas your tedesco's turbo uh even rapana was up there brian there's there's huge um, there's play, there's wingers and um, front rollers that are just getting huge amounts of tackle busts and when it's making up most of their points I understand why they've reduced it because you're yeah. getting like what Turbo got 160 150 something points yeah um, that week yeah it was and crazy he had oh, I can't remember how many tackle busts it was like 15 or 16 tackle busts which is ridiculous that's like most of his score it's at that point yeah. Bus, yeah so understandable that they reduce that yeah definitely bring, bring everyone back to a normal level especially yeah. when you're reducing the cap Makes well, there's something we were talking about before as well, how when we first started playing fantasy many years oh, ago, years, many years, years ago, ago <laughs> um, it was like, um, like what, getting Farrah? something. Yeah, when Bobby Farrow was like the best. Farrow and Cam Smith. It would be your first pick was Bobby Farrow and Cam Smith. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Corey if Parker you got as well, higher than like a 70, you'd be cheering. Oh, yeah. Easy. But now like 70 from your captain, I'm just furious. Well, you need 70. Last year, you needed at least a 70 plus yeah. from your captain. Otherwise, you were mo- losing most head-to-head weeks. Yeah. Um, in years prior, you would be happy with a 50 or 60, which is pretty standard. Yeah. Like most back in the day when we were playing, back you know, in back in the day, um, <laughs> 60 was pretty much the par score for a, for a captain to have a Which good is week crazy win. that it's but like, yeah. it's almost doubled in some places. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's, that, the that's the expectation now. now. Exactly. Yeah. So I do think some of these rule changes are going to kind of, Balance it a little bit. Yeah, especially when you've got players like Cleary and Turbo that you know are in the hundreds, hundred yeah, plus which was every week. Insane, and I regretfully made my decision to not pick up Cleary for a few weeks. Yeah, because I thought I could do it without him. 
Yeah, a, a few people did that My last year. only bad hot take of the year was that one. You don't need Cleary. <laughs> yeah, you don't need Cleary. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, if you didn't have Cleary and Turbo at the end of the year last year, you were missing out. You were out. struggling, yeah. Huge. Um, you probably needed them both by about mid-year anyway. Yeah. But not talking about last year. No. Nope. Talking about this year. Because so new year. Absolutely. New year, new, new pod. Just before we start, we should actually, um, you guys obviously can't see this, but we have spreadsheets upon spreadsheets that Daniel has uh, developed in the last, I don't know, couple hours. We are a formal stats-driven podcast. Yeah, all about the stats <laughs> and nothing else is here. No emotion will drive any of our decisions. Well, you've got to have some emotion. <laughs> That's the thing. You've got to be, you've got to have a soft spot for some players. So, you know, looking at, especially the Bulldogs this year, like looking at a lot of the players that have gone there, you've kind of got to have a bit of a mentality of, okay, who do you think's going to go well yeah. rather than, I know this his stats at another team, but they're not going to translate to how he's going to play at another team. So you kind of have to have that. It's a gut feel, really. <laughs> you don't know until they so play. The, you're saying the stats mean nothing. No, the stats mean something. <laughs> they just don't mean everything. It's but a it's a good, it's a good way to, good place to start. Yeah. So um, having a look at some of the, the stats changes and comparing yeah. those to um, players' stats last year and just adjusting them for the new rule changes yeah, to see so what, what I, their averages what are, What I was going to ask then was, are there any, I guess, big losers from the kick meters rule change? So, yeah, obviously, <laughs> Cleary is the biggest one um, in the kick meter department just because he's, he's you know, he was easily getting 500 kick meters a game. Yeah. Um, he was scoring... I think he had about 540 points around there last year in kick meters. So if you divide that across his games, he was getting, you know, at least 20, what, 25, 26 points a game on average from kick meters, which is good much. enough to get to your, get to your, um, your, his average of around, you know, 60, 70. But that, that includes a lot of his tackle busts and everything on top. So there's, there's a few obviously additions that you have to kind of put together to see the whole average but if you're getting around 25 to 30 points a game from kick meters meters. yeah you're you're cheering basically as a half so that's the that's the way it goes for cleary so if you bring all all together the i guess the differential for kick meters um obviously your biggest one's cleary followed by mitch moses he was basically his points were coming from kick meters because dylan brown wasn't doing too much in the halves he was basically running the ball moses was just kicking um, and he was getting them all. I think there was a couple of games where he got 600 plus kick meters, which was, you know, base of 30, but that's yeah. going to come down, um, this year, especially six, what, 600 divided by your, your 30 brings it down to only 20 a game yeah. rather than your 30 points yeah. in a game. So losing 10 points, if at maximum 10 points a game for someone like Moses makes him kind of it's pretty significant, irrelevant this yeah. year, even because he was only averaging around 55 to 60 with those yeah, kick like meters. We were so saying, there's expectations now that you need your, like more expensive players yeah halves need to actually perform a little bit more i guess in the tries and try assist department now yeah. because they can't get enough base stats from just their kick meters yeah, to, to get them over the line yeah 100%. so there's going to be a bit of an expectation on some halves to do a bit of running because the kicking's not going to get them there so but yeah your players like your mitchell moses um dce as well loses a lot of points there sean johnson you know the big kickers adam reynolds luke keary they're going to lose a lot of points i think I'm um, looking at the stats we have here. Moses loses about seven points a game. Um, DCE loses six and a half points a game. Uh, Sean Johnson loses six. Adam Reynolds loses five and a half points a game. So yeah. just from kick meters alone, that's a, a huge blow. And then you take put tackle busts on top of that, and it's another two or three points there yeah. for a lot of those, especially for Cleary because he was making a lot of points from tackle busts as well. Um, yeah, it's going to be a bit hard for them to make up those points. But 
I guess the benefits of having, you know, Cleary and DCE is that they're quite attacking players, so they will get a lot of try assists for their team and tries. Um, The drawback is in your players that aren't as attacking, so Adam Reynolds is a big one as well because he's moved to the Broncos and he's going to be expected to perform, but that doesn't mean he's going to produce the output that he was at um, at the Rabbitohs, you know, plenty of try assists and, and goal kicking there. So that's not going to be the same when he moves to the Broncos. He's going to have to somehow pick that back up again because yeah. they're not a top four team at the moment. No. Yeah. I guess then um, with that, I guess we're talking the other points lost, which is the tackle busts. Yeah, tackle busts. Um, it's a bit of a hard one, tackle bust, because it's quite different game to game for a lot of players. But for the big tackle busts, uh, tackle busting players, you know, your Turbos, your Fafitas, your Tedescos, a lot of winger fullbacks, obviously, and then David Fafitas just chucked in there because, you know, he's a tackle busting machine and you can't really yeah. hold on to him. Um, there's, it's very different game to game, but if you average it out across the season, it kind of gives you a good average of the player and how much they're worth, I guess, as a player. Yeah. So looking at Turbo, he's going to lose around 7.3, 7.2 points a game based on his tackle bust last season. And that's only if he has a season as spectacular as he did last year. Yeah. Like It was insane the season he had last year. He's got to really keep that form going and not get injured as well. People seem to forget that he was very injury prone before last yeah, season. Yeah, I think that's the main yeah. thing. It's not like keeping his form. It's like just hopefully he doesn't get injured. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's really got to keep that form running through this year. And if he stays injury free, he might be able to replicate it. But it, even if he replicates it, it's not going to be the same as last year because you lose those tackle bus um, points. And that's like seven points a game is huge for, for turbo, especially yeah. at the 1 million mark. And that's only if he replicates that form. So I'd be steering clear of turbo at this point. Um, he's definitely going to drop a lot in value. Okay. Same goes for Tedesco as well. Tedesco has been obviously a really popular pickup and he's up there in one of the most selected players at the moment. But from years gone by, he always drops a bit of cash. You know, he's good for a 60 and 70, yeah. you know, week for the couple of, for, you know, two, three weeks in a row. And then he's always going to hit a, a sub 30 score. And that's when you kind of look to snap up Teddy, you know, once he hits that yeah. 20, 30 score a week or two after, once he's, you know, bottomed out and he looks like he's on the rise again, that's when you snap up Teddy. 100%. So I think Teddy and T- Turbo is going to be similar to Tedesco in that you just have to wait for him to drop all that cash yeah he's definitely not someone who i would consider picking up in the first week like he's not on my team at the moment um but it's someone who i probably will end up yeah absolutely turbo yeah turbo and teddy you're going to need them by the end of the year you just don't need them at the start of the year yeah not right now obviously they're they're probably going to perform now that we've said that (laughs) yeah guarantee they'll both get like plus 100 or something in their first game yeah (laughs) it's a bit hard for turbo to go up from where he is but uh we'll we'll see how he goes but i also said that about nathan cleary last season i literally said there is no way that he could gain value yeah and i was very incorrect about that very (laughs) very incorrect Um, same goes for your other wingers, like your Brian Totos uh, and your Latrell Mitchells, those yeah. kind of players. Obviously, Latrell's in, um, injured, suspended for the first couple of weeks, yeah. or the first two rounds, two I think. Rounds, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be the same for them. They're you know all in the tackle bus, and if you ta- if you reduce those points, they're going to lose a lot. Like we've got Latrell losing about six points a game um, from tackle busts, similar to Rapana losing about six points a game. So yeah, got to got to keep an eye on the. The, the stats there because they'll need to actually outperform last year to keep up with their averages. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the other one is the the offloads. So the offloads is my favourite one because it's basically giving people free points at this at this point. Like yeah. we looked at um, 
the the top offloaders basically from last year um tpj being the obvious one he yeah. was the one that actually provided most of the the tackle bus last year i'm um, tackle bus the offloads last year which means he's gonna have a pretty big um differential from last year in in offloads he'll be getting an extra four points a game yeah from offloads he was up there as well with one of the highest tackle busters but i think the offloads per game will kind of offset he's still going to be making more points yes than he's exactly losing. so yeah. he'll be getting more points from offloads um, then he is losing from tackle bus. Yeah, I definitely I mean. think TPJ, I have him in my classic team. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he should be in everyone's classic team. 100%. At this point. Yeah, Looking I, at the fact that he's gone to the Bulldogs and the fact that he's going to be most likely playing 80 on an I edge. I think so, yeah. yeah. He'll, he'll be he'll be up there in like the one of the biggest what improvers, I guess, considering that not a lot of players will improve, right? With all these deductions yeah. and points, there's, there's a very little room for value in and he's some not players. crazy expensive. He's he's oh, he is expensive for considering the prices of some plays. He's yeah. expensive, but he's not insanely expensive. Like he'll probably plateau at around the seven to seven fifty mark. So there's not a lot of value there. But he'll make you he'll, a bit of money yeah. and quite a bit of points. Yeah, and he's a keeper. He'll be a keeper yeah. most likely. Let's get some gin. <laughs> Don't need to say that before <laughs> the first round. <laughs> I'm just being realistic. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, another uh, actual one of the top offloaders that you don't really think about but is up there is uh, David Nofaluma at the Tigers. He is actually the second highest player for offloads last season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he had 53 offloads in the season and TPJ had 55. So he's quite high up there and he'll actually have a decent improvement in points because of that. He did have a lot of tackle busts but not not a significant amount. He wasn't exactly scoring well anyway. So. No it's it's a bit of a hard one because he is priced a bit awkwardly at 450k but Nofaluma if the offloading stats are correct and the Tigers even improve a little because they were very poor last year yeah. um, he might have a bit of value in him because he was up at the start of last year he was around the six to 700k mark because he had a, such a good season the year before Yeah. so if he can improve and have a good consistent year he might make that cash back could be worth you know 600k 650k by the end of the year like a similar to like a brian toto last year yeah make yeah yeah, be a good kind of bit of extra money as we all know i have a very like just fun history with nofaluma yeah (laughs) fun is a good descriptor (laughs) um, anytime i pick him up he will be injured for the entirety of the season um i'm hoping that i've broken the curse this year i feel like 2022 is cursed enough so I think I mean, 2021 last year. No, I'm saying that this, this year's year? already cursed enough. Oh no, <laughs> we haven't think, even had our draft. Yet. Yeah, that, um, I think Nofaluma is a great pickup, and I have got him also on my team. I've currently got him in my team, but who knows? That might change. He's taking up a lot of cap. That's yeah, the main thing. Yeah, as soon as team lists come out, I think it will give you a really good idea as to whether or not. Yeah, there, there'll be a few cheapy winger fullbacks in there. It's just picking up the right ones yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, that basically covers the the rule changes and the fantasy impact on some players. Um, I guess, is there any particular players you want to talk about and look at in a bit more detail? Um, so I'm guessing that we should probably talk a little bit about some of the bigger players from last year. Yeah. So um, we've already spoken a little bit about Nathan Cleary but, and um, Tommy Turbo, but how do we feel about Pappenhausen this year? Pappenhausen is pretty much a must-have, right? Like the, the fact that last year he came out he was 600k last year, just a flat 600. He's 630-odd K um, this year. He will go up in value. That's that's for certain, right? Unless yeah. he gets a concussion round one and he's out, he's going to be making value. Um, probably he should be making up to 200k in price rises. He should be at that 800k mark. He was scoring 
um, ridiculous amounts of points in the first few games. He, he hit 100 at some point as well. So he is probably a must-have in the wing of fullbacks, I'd say, at this point. Wait up until, obviously, you'll have the trial games yeah. and the team list and everything coming out to see what his form's coming um, what what his form's like coming into the year, but I think at this point in time he's a lock, easy easy selection. Yeah, and is there a particular player that you think is surprising that so many people have so far picked them up? Yeah, you know exactly I know. what I want to talk about. <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> <asking. laughs> um, Stephen Crichton. Yeah, he he had that year obviously when he was coming into the team and he had a lot of price rises, but he's owned by thirty five percent of coaches at the moment. He is the. F- fourth most selected person yeah that's ridiculous to me he had a rough season last year he played a bit at fullback and even when he played at fullback he didn't really improve on his average that much his average is 35 at the moment and he's 350k so there is a bit of room for him to make some cash but not enough to be selected right like i think if if you pick him up you're you're giving away a cheapy slot to make you some money because 350k he might improve you know 50 to 60k on that but you could be picking up a basement player at you know the 220 or the 300k mark instead of him that's yeah. going to make you cash i just don't see the value in Crichton. i know people are saying you know burton's left they're going to be hitting his wing a bit more they've got the young kid uh, targo i think on the other center spot so they won't hit him as much but that's not really the way pan- the panthers play yes so i don't understand how Crichton's so owned I might bite my tongue and get him in the end, but <laughs> I, I don't him. understand. I got him yesterday whilst Daniel was giving me a lecture on how he can't believe some people have Crichton. <laughs> so he was just uh, telling me how much he doesn't believe in it. So I just picked him up just as a little bit of a... Of course, a spite pick. Yeah, yeah, Love spite that. pick. I just had a little bit of leftover. I was like, you know what? My last pick will be Crichton. Deserved. <laughs> yeah, don't understand that. Um, I understand why Burton's up there in one of the most selected, but yeah, Crichton, uh, yeah. Don't understand. Still don't get it. Don't get it. And I guess, is there any player that you're really excited to see this year with the where they've moved to or the, the rule changes? Um, we already spoke about TPJ. Really interested to see how he goes. Pretty much a lock in my team. I think he's going to be the one that I have. Burton's going to look really good for the dogs as well at halfback, especially if he partners with someone that isn't Jake Avrilo because <laughs> I'm a bit worried because Avrilo did a lot of the kicking um, last year. And if he partners Avrilo, I'm worried that Barrett's going to make Burton more of a ball-playing, running half and let Avarillo just do the long kicking, which I know the kicking kick meter stats changed, but there's still points there to be had. Exactly. So if Burton loses those points, there's a lot of base stats there that, it, there that he's losing and needs to, you know, improve on his attacking performances yeah. to make that up. So I'm a little bit worried there, but I think he should be fine. He's priced as a center and he he's placed as a center half as well in yeah. fantasy. So dual position. Yeah. So he's, he should make money. If you slot him into your center spot, I wouldn't be slotting him into the halfback spot. He's no. he's a lock in center, but I'm a little bit worried about those kick meter stats. I don't know if he's going to get as many as he could, but we'll, we'll see for round one. But I'm pretty sure he's going to be a lock. Um, similarly, in that center spot, actually, I'm very interested to see you and Aiken. I know you saw that video yeah. that he posted that he's going into an edge edge role um, at the Warriors. He just needs to be locking up, you know, 80 minutes a game on that edge, and he will be the highest scoring center 
um, at the end of the year. Yeah. As long as, yeah, it's another player that you're not going to put on an edge. You'll put him in your centers, and he's going to be the highest scoring center in NRL fantasy. I totally agree with that. Um, yeah. As someone who has, we might remember this from last year in the podcast, <laughs> I have had Ewan Aitken in my classic team pretty much every year. Yeah. Um, I picked him up in draft, and he was my very last pick in his first season. Yeah, that was a good pick. You had and a very good everyone year, roasted me for it. <laughs> and then, haha, like, Comes out I ended lots. up coming out laughing out of that one. But yeah. So, um, no, I'm very excited to see you and Aiken this season. I think it's going to be a really interesting season for him. Yeah, good positional switch. He had a really good season towards the end of last year when he was yeah. in that role. So, a lot of tackles, a lot of, so, lot of meters. So bad, much better. Yeah, good yeah. good base stats from him, which is good to see him in the middle. Yeah, I have to oh, agree. Edge forward, but yeah. Um, anyone else that you're interested in talking about? Someone that you kind of had on your radar that you're not sure how they're going to go um, this year? Yeah, so I guess because I've been trying to not... I'm not doing the cheapy all thing I tried just to fill my team with very expensive players but <laughs> obviously it's not going to let you ruin that, that yeah um, but I guess I'm pretty excited to see um, Amone as well this year um, for the Dragons so half back I think it's going to be really cool to see what he does with that as well yeah he he just needs to get that starting spot I think that's yeah. the main thing so I think it's him and Jaden Sullivan fighting for that other half spot with Ben Hunt yes um, it'll be interesting to see who gets that I think Amone should get that half spot and especially at 350k he was looking quite good um when he was playing in that spot but i think he his scores were a bit inflated because of ben hunt being out injured yeah he had that foot injury i think yeah Yeah. um but he he should still improve on 350k if he has that halfback spot i expect him to get you know the 30 35 points a game should be improving a little bit on that it 100 does rely on all of the what's coming up. Yeah, those, so the the trial games are yeah. really going to. If he influence. plays well in tri- ga- yeah. trial games, I think that he'll be a really great pickup. Yeah, absolutely. I I still see Sullivan as more of a, a hooker for the Dragons, and um, I don't see Amone playing in another position. Um, I think Tyrell Sloan's probably got the fullback slot there. Yeah. As well, so I mean, there's going to be a lot of juniors in the Dragon squad. It's actually going to be interesting to see them. They looked quite good at the end of last year when they came into the squad. Mm. It's just, you know, keeping that form um, for them coming into this season and, you know, they're going to have to perform with the rest of the team. So I think it's a good time as well for more junior players to start coming in as well. Yeah, there's not a lot this no. year. It's going to be really hard to pick because there are there is a few. Most of them are in the center wing of fullback spot, but yeah. there's not a lot of cheap middles and edges to pick up no. at all. It's very slim pickings, um, to be honest. Like, you've got... I guess in the halves, you've got your, your Lachlan Elias will look look pretty good yes um, same with the Monet might look pretty good if he gets a spot um, in the hooker role as well because of the injury to Jaden Braley you've got Chris Randall as well that's looking quite good and will be in most teams come the start of the season as long as he's so. got that number nine jersey on his yeah. back um, but middles and edges the only real ones that people are hoping it's it's really hoping game because the um, the players that you're looking at is Moali from um, the Rabbitohs yes he might get a bench spot and he might get some minutes but he needs to get minutes. Like, if he's coming on for 10-15, he's not going to go anywhere, really. Yeah. Um, I guess he's 220k, so he's not a lot. No, and then George Burgess would be the other one. Yes, George Burgess actually yeah. looks not too bad, as long as he gets... I think he probably needs a starting spot in that Dragons squad yeah. to actually be worth 350. That's the thing, because if he's off the bench and he's scoring, you know, 20 it's to 30 points... not going to be enough. Yeah, not enough for, for a middle yeah, forward. Yeah, I agree. Um, and the edge spots, I mean... What do we got? We got Sean Bloor. Yeah. Not looking too bad for the Tigers. He also needs to beat out Luke Garner on the edge to actually be worth a go. You can't pick him up if he's off the bench. It's just not happening. He needs to be getting 80 on an edge to be worth picking up. Yeah. More. I think that's pretty fair to say. I'd agree. 
And um, who else do you see for an edge? There's not too much value. I have Davey in my team. Yeah, I, I think Davey's a good shout because he was picked up by Manly after he left Parramatta that year and then he did his ACL last yeah. year, like one of the first couple of games. So he hopefully will get into that squad. They looked very good though, Manly, towards the back end of last season yeah. with Olakua, two and Schuster in an edge. It's it's going to be rough for him to get a spot, yeah. I think. I think because he's 240 at the moment, so it's not necessarily a bad pickup. But once again, you'll Cheap have one. to yeah, you'll have to wait to trials and see if he does play or if you know anything like that happens. But I think yeah, two forty is a good price point to get someone. Yeah, I think he's he's looking like a good emergency player to be honest. Because so, if he yeah. snatches an uh, a, an interchange spot on an edge, he mm. it depends how many minutes he gets again. But two forty is quite cheap. If you can get you know a bench player that's worth two twenty two forty k, it's pretty good for an emergency spot. Even if they're in the seventeen, that's pretty safe. Yeah, um, pretty safe cash there. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for, for a, just a general overview. They're the kind of players that you're probably looking at. And I guess we can talk about in more detail next week some of the, some of the uh, you know, interesting mid-range players that yeah, might actually perform this year. Definitely. And I think um, with this as well, we were kind of mostly focusing on who's going to benefit from these rule changes. So I think we've you know, spoken a little bit about that and we've gone through some of the players who definitely need to keep an eye on for this season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, well... Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone, today. And um, make sure that you follow us on Facebook and on Instagram because we'll have all of our updates on there as well. Absolutely. At Footy Brains Pod. Yep, at Footy Brains Pod. Get around and it. so um, we'll have all of our updates. And anytime we release a new podcast or we have anything or any of our team lists, we'll have them all put up onto our Instagram. So it's a good place to check it out. Awesome. Good start to the year. Yeah, it's exciting to Very exciting get times. back into it. Yeah, absolutely. I can't wait for more spreadsheets. <laughs> Sorry, maybe I won't we, bombard you with Maybe these. if we get enough followers, we'll um, show people the Google Doc. Oh, no. <laughs> Have a listen to it all. Yeah, might release <laughs> it. See if people want to take out some stats from it. Yeah. Like that. All right. Well, thanks so much, guys, for listening, and we'll tune in again soon.